WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello, this is Arts Editor Skylar Ashley filling in for publisher Burl Schwartz. Later on in today's show, we're going to learn all about local true crime author Jen Carpenter and her special event hosted at the old historic courthouse in Charlotte known as the Festival of Oddities. First on today's show, though, I caught up with Sally Potter, booking manager for Ten Pound Fiddle, mid-Michigan's premier folk music concert series. Sally and I discussed what's new with the fiddle and what you can expect from its upcoming lineup of gigs. So let's jump right into that. Let's just start off with the basics. Why don't you tell me what's new with Ten Pound Fiddle here in 2021 as summer is approaching? Summer is here. Hopefully we'll stay opened up and we will have um, concerts. So you can't have them if you don't plan them. So we are going to introduce a 34 concert schedule on August 1st online. People can go to 10poundfiddle.org and see the 34 concerts. Um, we'll start September 17th with the Scottish Quartet, Old, Old Blind Dogs. They've been doing it for a long time. Four-part harmony, phenomenal on their instruments. Um, then we go every Friday, basically, except a few over the holidays until the middle of May. And we are changing locations this year, which is not a big deal because we've changed locations for 47 years. We've had a whole long list of places we've produced concerts, but all of our concerts, with two exceptions, but 32 concerts are going to be at the University United Methodist Church, um, which is behind Fresh Time, it's behind Goodrich, it's on South Harrison, 1120 South Harrison um, in East Lansing. We used to have most of our shows at the Community Music School. We love the Community Music School. Jamie DeMott runs a great ship over there. They were amazing to us. They were polite. They were helpful. They were charming. They can't tell us if they're going to be open. And the University United Methodist Church is open for events. Um, and so Have that... you done shows at University United Methodist Church before? <laughs> we did. The conference, we were, our home was the Copper Chimney Lounge in the late 80s and most of the 90s. So we are we have gone from the copper from the Methodist Church and the Copper Chimney Lounge to the Unitarian Church and then the Unitarian Church moved and so we moved over to the Community Music School and now we're back to that building. The great thing about that building is there are three different rooms we can use for venues. We can have small intimate shows in the Copper Chimney Lounge. We can have shows that involve food and dancing and partying. In Asbury Lounge, we can have huge community sings or huge shows with the Sweetwater Warblers in the sanctuary, basically, which is a lovely room, um, new pews, comfortable, enough leg room. Um, it's a wonderful concert hall. So we have three different sites within that building. So our concerts are all in that building, and depending on who's going to be there, um, we'll have a different room that accommodates the size of the, of the audience that we're expecting. So, yeah, we're coming all the way back home to the University United Methodist Church um, uh, starting this fall. The other th- advantage, it has a lot of advantages, but the other thing that's incredibly attractive is they have 187 parking spots, <laughs> and, including 10, 10 handicapped, which are right there, right by the doors. Um, Community Music School had 107 when the bottom 
uh, the bottom section flooded. It ended up being like 85. And so if you got there too late, you parked down the street at another church and walked 200 yards. And so this is just, just all together. Um, it's inviting. It's easy for people to come. They can go to dinner at Swagop or Woody's or the Korea House. It's just really easy for people to come to shows. So we decided to move. We also have our office, which isn't really an office because nobody's there except when they're there. But our storage, we store all our sound equipment, we store all our archives, we store the Christmas tree for the holidays thing. All of our stuff is in a classroom in the basement of this church, which we rent for a nominal amount. So it's just going to be easier for us to produce concerts because all of our, our we have four stages that are portable. All of our stuff is in that building. Um, how long has this been in the works? When did you start booking shows once again? Um, well, we, we book every year from starting in February, and I finished actually yesterday. I'm, we're 10 people on the board, and I'm one of the 10, and my job is the booking manager. And I got the last gig finalized yesterday. We'll spend two weeks. Kate Peterson works for us. Um, she does pleasantly progressive designs, and she used to live in the community. She now lives in, uh, in Ypsilanti, but she does our website. And I will send her all the information for 34 shows. She will make it pretty. She will have a web page for every show. And it will be on the web um, August 1st, we promise. And there'll be an online ticket uh, opportunity for every concert. So if you want to be like, be like the Wharton and just go through the concerts and buy tickets and make sure you'll get one, um, the opportunity will be there on August 1st. So August 1st on the 10 pound fiddle website you'll be able to uh, go through all the gigs and purchase all the tickets um you mentioned that there's going to be more than 30 shows um throughout the season um what are some of the highlights for you do you have any um acts that are coming perhaps for the first time or returning acts that um just tell me what you're really excited for this year well the old, old blind dogs are, are a catch they're they're going to be featured in muskegon at a big irish night on saturday and so you want an anchor gig to get them across the pond. And then we pick up a lot of Saturday night um, shows somewhere else close by, and we can get them on Friday. So that was sort of a coup um, for the 10 Pound Fiddle September 17th when we opened the season at um, the United University United Methodist Church. Um, the Sweetwater Warblers, which is Rachel Davis and Lindsay Liu and May Earlywine, their trio is coming on January 28th, and again, August 1st, you can get tickets for that online. Uh, the Midwinter Singing Festival is not going to be at the Hannah Center. We are just going to stay in the church because the sanctuary is just wonderful for group singing. Um, I'll just say it was a whole lot cheaper to stay in this church. They're happy we're here. We're, we're in the building, bringing people in the doors, um, using their facility. We are happy to be there. Um, our whole job is to bring wonderful acts and keep it affordable. So our tickets are still going to be 20, 18 for members and $5 for students. There might be two or three shows that are up to 25, 20 and five, but, um, we are not going to increase our, our prices. We're just going to keep booking, um, really good people and, uh, have a wonderful time. John Gorka is coming November 5th. He is a, a big time favorite. And Susan, Susan Warner is April 8th. I'm having to do this out of my head. 
Susan Warner is April 8th, and she's a big, big hit. She plays piano. Um, she one of her one of her favorite best CDs still in the folk world ever is a CD called The Gospel Truth, and uh, she's incredibly talented. Um, Vince uh, Vance Gilbert is coming February 11th. So again, August 1st, just just check out 10poundfiddle.org and go through the 34 shows. Special show, Fiddle Scouts isn't quite sure if they're gonna meet uh, indoors with little kids this fall, uh, and rightly so. Juliana Wilson is now in charge of Fiddle Scouts. She's part of Stella. She's part of the Springtails. She and Andy have a cute little kid, and uh, they're in the middle of this community. But she has arranged with Lake Effect, which is a family band out of Cadillac. T.I. Shippers and David Bunce and Bruce Ling, who is Micah Ling's father, there's this family band. Um, T.I. Shippers and David are parents of Rachel Davis, and Rachel's married to Dominic. Well, they're, there's going to be an outdoor Fiddle Scout-sponsored um, concert on Saturday, September 4th. It's going to be outside the Pump House, which is on Orchard Street in East Lansing. Everybody is welcome. T.I. Shippers is sort of the, the kid the kid whisperer. She's might be the best kids performer I've ever seen. She has her friend Root Beer, which is a hand puppet, and they talk to each other. And she's just amazing, which isn't surprising that Rachel Davis is her kid because Rachel's so talented as well. But they're sort of the, the gopher wood, Cadillac, um, folk community up, in and around Cadillac, Frank Youngman's a part of that community, and they're just amazing. So they're going to come down and give a Fiddle Scout concert uh, outdoors, so it's safe, on on the Saturday of Labor Day weekend at 11 o'clock outside the um, Orchard Street Pump House in East Lansing, and again on August 1st, that information will be on the 10-Pound Fiddle website as well. Um, those are a lot of dates and a lot of uh, really great shows. Um, like Sally just mentioned, definitely go to the website so you can uh, keep up with all of that and mark your calendars. Um, 2020 was an impossibly difficult <laughs> year for basically anybody working with any real form of art. Um, how did you hang on through it? And um, I guess just what was your experience as well as the experience of the people that you work with uh, through 10 Pound Fiddle, whether that's uh, your fellow board members or artists, um, just what was it like for you guys? What were some of the things you heard? What were the, uh, the difficulties? And uh, I'm sure you're really glad that it's all over. Just what was it like? Well, we hope it's over. You know, this, this is uh, the variants coming back and we'll figure out how, how much it's going to hold on to, to our lives. Um, the 10 Pound Fiddle records every show with the permission of the artist. And then we got the permission of 22 artists to, um, to play those recordings. And th that became our audio archive uh, season last year. So if you go on the 10 Pound Fiddle website right now, you'll get Dennis Stromat and Mad Cat Ruth, both um, giving a set of music from a few years ago. So we, we had a season. It was just all online. It was just all some of our best concerts in the past. Um, like everything else, it was incredibly frustrating. Um, talking to agents all year, nobody wants to commit. Do you put in time to something that you're not quite sure is gonna happen? 
you hope it's going to happen. Agents, you know, they live on commission. So if they book a gig and it doesn't happen, they've, they've spent a lot of time doing it. Um, it's still a little rusty. It's still kind of start and start and stops, but there are 34 acts that want to, want to give it a go. And they're our, our uh, season this year. Well, we've covered a lot here, more than 34 shows, which you can check out at 10poundfiddle.org. And starting on August 1st, you can buy tickets for the whole schedule. Is there any, any other great concerts or shows that you want to mention here before we take off? Well, to reward people for listening to this, the Chenille Sisters are going to regroup and come back on January 14th. So that the last time they were here, it sold out incredibly quickly. Um, and so that's going to be uh, a wonderful show. The Holiday Sing will be back in the sanctuary at United Meth- University of United Methodist, which is a glorious sanctuary for everybody singing. So that's going to be December 10th. The Midwinter Singing Festival is February 4 and 5. And I'll just tell you who will be there, Joel Mavis and Mark Dvorak. And a woman named Leah Gilmore from Baltimore, who is stunning at leading singing, at talking about singing. Uh, She'll do a workshop singing in the African-American tradition. So that's February 4th and 5th. Um, The rest, you're just going to have to wait till August 1st and and see what we've got cooking. The Tenbaum Fiddle has like, is is like a three-legged stool. We have concerts. We have Fiddle Scouts. My guess is Fiddle Scouts is going to kick back in in the winter if all goes well with the world. And dances, uh, they're planning on a New Year's Contra dance and a couple of other dances in the spring. So um, they always have a New Year's dance. It's always big, big. And they're planning on having one. Again, the, the fiddle's planning on having 34 concerts. Can we have them? Um, we'll see what the CDC says. We'll see what the local health department says. We'll see what this variant's doing. But um, if, if you don't plan them, you can't have them. So that's, that's our attitude at this point. All right. And once again, you can check the schedule out at 10poundfiddle.org and buy tickets starting August 1st. Uh, thank you very much for coming on and talking with me, Sally. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Again, you can learn all about the upcoming schedule of 10 Pound Fiddle shows and starting on August 1st, buy tickets at 10poundfiddle.org. You're listening to City Pulse on the air on 88.9 FM, The Impact. I'm arts editor Skylar Ashley. Jen Carpenter is Lansing's resident expert in all things creepy and macabre. This year, she organized the Festival of Oddities, a day-long celebration of Michigan's dark secrets. Reporter Cole Tunningly spoke with Carpenter about all of the fun and games you can expect to find at the festival this fall. Jen Carpenter has made a career out of researching true crime and the paranormal. Her resume is long and varied. Here's just a short summary of what she's been up to for the past few years. I um, am the owner of Dead Time Stories, True Crime and Other Books in the Screamatorium. I'm the host of So Dead, which is a true crime podcast all about Michigan. And I'm also an author. So I wrote Haunted Lansing and I've got a new book coming out next week, actually, called The Serial Killer Chronicles, all about like the Kelloggs and all the dark history connected to them. So store owner, podcast host, author, and um, I also run the Festival of Oddities. The Festival of Oddities is going to take place on September 4th in Charlotte. It's a celebration of all the creepy and macabre parts of Michigan's history. The event will be free of charge and full of fun for the whole family. I'm really excited about this year because last year was our first year at our new venue. And of course, we had to scale it so far back to make it safe. 
Um, so this year, you know, we'll have tons of vendors. We've got over a hundred vendors coming that sell, um, you know, local artists, most of, I want to say all of them from Michigan, but there might be a couple from, you know, um, Illinois and Ohio, but, um, all local-ish artists that sell, you know, really interesting and creepy arts and clothing and things that they make food trucks. We've got lots of food trucks coming this year. Um, just a really fun way for the people that make, you know, spooky goods to have a, a venue to sell them at. It's kind of like the Halloween kickoff, I guess you could say. Besides all the vendors, the Festival of Oddities will also have all the traditional things you'd expect at a festival. Food trucks, carnival games, clowns, and more. Whether you're a casual enjoyer of true crime or an absolute horror connoisseur, there will be something there for you. This year, we're bringing the vintage carnival games back. We didn't do them last year because we didn't want everybody touching a bunch of stuff, um, you know, COVID. Um, so this year, we're doing the carnival games inside or outside. Those will be outside. The kitten tent is coming back, um, which is done by Saved by Zaid. And then we've got what we call the snake pit inside, which is done by um, Saving Scales Reptile Rescue. So animal rescues doing a silent auction uh this year which again that was another thing we nixed last year because we didn't we just didn't want too many people trying to gather inside so this year we're bringing the silent auction back and we've got we're doing that to benefit um eve and violent encounters in lansing we are bringing the presentations back which again we canceled those last year so we've got you know true crime podcasters we've got authors and experts Um, we're doing a gallery reading with a psychic Um, so kind of just really fun and different things we've got going on inside. We've got our living library, we call it, which is a bunch of authors from around the area that write either true crime, paranormal, or horror, um, and they'll have little tables set up where they, um, are selling, signing their books, meet and greet with fans, taking pictures, things like that. If you're looking to learn more about Michigan's darker secrets and stories, the old Eaton County Courthouse building, which now houses their museum, will be open for festival goers to peruse. It was, a, it was the Eaton County Courthouse for a very long time, um, from the 1800s until about the 1970s or 80s. It was the active courthouse. So um, it, for me, it's really interesting because, you know, with So Dead, I do the true crime locally. And so anytime I do something that's Eaton County, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that was tried there, you know? So I actually know a lot of the cases that were tried there. Um, but basically for almost a hundred years, anybody that got arrested in Ingham County went through that courthouse. So there have been lots of really dark cases covered there. Um, the first woman in Michigan that was ever charged with slash convicted of murder ever, um, was tried there and it's beautiful. They do like all kinds of big events and weddings. So it's not like this decrepit old building. It's beautiful. It's well-kept. They've got really interesting displays set up all over. I think they're going with kind of an overall medical theme this year. So it'll be lots of medical oddities um, provided by both the museum and by um, the Stimson Hospital in Eaton Rapids that will have a presence there. They do their medical oddities museum there. Fitting for its place as the centerpiece of the Festival of Oddities, some say the building is haunted. Murderers and scoundrels pass through its doors for decades. Some people tell rumors about how their souls might still haunt the place. Some locals swear that they've seen unexplainable sights at the courthouse, especially in the nighttime. It's, it's rumored to be haunted. Um, you know, there people say, you know, oh, they used to hang the prisoners out on the courthouse lawn. Not true. 
Michigan has never had the death penalty. It, it was actually the first state to abolish the death penalty. So no, they never hung people out on the courthouse lawn, even though that's what people like to say. Um, but yeah, you know, lots of people, lives were ruined, made or make or break it, lots of tragedy. Um, the first Eaton County officer to ever be murdered um, in the line of duty, the young men that killed him were tried there. Lots of, lots of history. And so there have been strange things that happen. The lights um, turn themselves on and off. Like after, you know, the, the museum director will turn everything off and go home and she lives nearby and someone will call her and be like, hey, the lights in the judges chambers are back on and she'll go back and turn them off. Um, they rewired it. They've done everything and those lights just still come on at all hours of the night. Um, there have been lots of paranormal investigations there. And then we do paranormal, well, not me, um, but as a part of that's one of the features of the festival is that after the festival is over, there is a paranormal investigation of the courthouse um, led by Porto Paranormal Society. The festival runs from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And that paranormal investigation starts shortly after at 8. Cosplayers are welcome. You could even do a test run of your Halloween costume. Carpenter is mindful that people may still be wary about going to a large event because of COVID. She tried to keep the event smaller this year, making sure that people will have room to socially distance if they see fit. We're still not going full tilt. Um, you know, we could fit probably twice as many vendors as we're going to have, but we still want to give everybody a little bit of room. So last mm -hmm. year we had about 35 vendors. This year we've doubled it. Um, we could double it even further. And we've got this huge waiting list of people that want to do it, but I just don't, I want to, I don't want to put people too close together yet. Um, I want there to be plenty of room to walk around, room between the booths, um, up in the courtroom where we're doing the presentations, it's a capacity of 200. And right now there's no guidelines on capacity. We're only going to let half of that in because we just don't want people to be on top of each other. Um, now, if between now and September, the mask mandate changes, of course, we're going to have hand washing stations, hand sanitizing stations, um, anything, you know, the carnival games and things like that, that people are touching, we're going to make sure they're being cleaned down in between uses. Um, anything that changes as far as mask rules or capacity guidelines between now and September, um, we will definitely follow. Um, but right now, you know, masks won't be required. Um, and we don't have any capacity limits at this time. The festival seems like a great way to ring in the fall, especially for the type of person who starts gearing up for the Halloween season right when the leaves start to turn. I asked Carpenter if she thinks that Michiganders have a particular interest in the paranormal. With the success of her bookshop, podcasts, and haunted tours, it sure seems like there's a community out there eager to hear more about the dark side of Michigan. I've always been into all of that kind of stuff. But I also always kind of felt like a weirdo for it. Um, but when I started the Demented Mitten Tours, which was back in 2016, I quickly realized that, yeah, there's a big segment of the population who's super into the dark stuff. And there wasn't a lot of an outlet for that, at least locally in like the Lansing area. And I, I, I see it over and over again. I always think that, you know, OK, this is maybe a weird idea. You know, opening a true crime bookstore, is that a good idea? And it's been going great. And the screamatorium has been going great. So kind of every little thing I do in that realm, it, it just always surprises me how many people there are that are super into it and are super excited that there's something at home now that they can do. For City Pulse, I'm Cole Tunningly. Thank you, Cole. 
You're listening to City Pulse on the air on 88.9 FM, The Impact. Well, this is where I'd normally hand the show off to music writer Rich Topeka, but he's busy completing a move all the way to Los Angeles, California. Hopefully, there's less mosquitoes there. Instead, I'll introduce the band we've got for you today. This is a new band that cropped up in Lansing these past few years. This is Grey Matter, an explosive ska band that has all sorts of great punk elements blended in. They have caustic, radical politics, and there's just a lot to love about them. This is from their new LP, Climbing Out, and the song is titled Greet Debt. For City Pulse on the Air on 88.9 FM, The Impact, this has been Skylar Ashley. Tune in next week for a brand new show, and here's Grey Matter with Greet Debt. Greet <laughs> Debt. 